Welcome to God Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. I'm here to find out how we grow, transform, and become our best selves. How we create meaning in our lives. Come join me on my journey. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. I'm your host, Noor Kidwai. Thanks for tuning in. My guest this week is from the YouTube channel Adeptus Psychonautica. It's a great channel that's catching a lot of steam. And uh, it's a guy who talks a lot about his psychedelic experiences and like how it benefited him. But uh, one great thing he also talks about is uh, psychedelic culture. You know, the actual culture that's behind this movement that's happening. And uh, it's a great uh, information that he gave us on this podcast. So I hope you guys enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, please check me out on social media. You guys know the places. Twitter, Instagram, at NoorKidY, Facebook, NoorKidY Comedian. I've been doing a lot of comedy stuff on there lately, and I actually had a video go viral the other day, so that's nice. Uh, check me out. You're going to laugh. And I also toss on a lot of podcast clips and podcast information, so you guys can check it out there. But let's get into this week's episode, everybody. My guest this week, Rob. Welcome to another episode of God Yay or Nay. I'm here with my man Rob from the YouTube channel Adeptus Psychonautica. Rob, thanks so much for joining me, my man. Yeah, cheers. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, mate. So it's nice to talk to you. Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Psychedelics is one of my favorite subjects. And the reason I wanted to get you on this show, uh, you talk about it in such like a rational way. And uh, you look at psychedelics, I think, in the same way I do, as like a, almost as a tool to better yourself. Uh, is that a proper way you would say I I put it right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I think the, the way I, when I started the YouTube channel, the way I came at it was that I wanted to make information for people like me so that, you know, there's plenty of stuff out there which will give you the complete hippie perspective on things where people are talking about rainbows and unicorns and you know, all, all these kind of wacky theories. And then there's the, the, the very sort of hardcore dry science. But what I kind of really wanted is just like, what's kind of the useful information for the everyday, everyday person? You know, like particularly when you're talking about some of these things where you go on like retreat to somewhere like Peru, like which, which of these places is good, which is bad? Which of these substances is useful and which is just kind of like going into woo-woo territory? So that's what I was doing. I just wanted to, to make this kind of, you know, yeah, just just simple everyday information, and that's the perspective I come at it from. Um, it's not that I'm sort of, you know, opposed to the hard science or opposed to the sort of more more kind of transcendent, fluffy ideas. I think I think both those things are very interesting, but I'm just trying to, yeah. Put my own sort of normal everyday frame on it. I think that's where I come at it from. Uh, that's a yeah. I think I'm in a very similar territory because I I love the hard science part of it too, but like you said, it's a little dry and it doesn't really. Uh tell you too much about the experience um and also like that woo woo stuff like uh, i guess you kind of uh, know a lot about this psychedelic communities is there a lot of like uh delusional people out there and charlatans out there that are just kind of like maybe even sometimes they say like they have superpowers almost am i right yeah i mean i i i've sort of dabbled in quite a few of these different areas, everything from the kind of like the online forums through to going on some of these like, you know, residential retreats where you start, you're in, you know, in South America for a few weeks and you're, and so there'll be a group of you of or total strangers at some point and you will get everyone from sort of, you know, 
ex-military people with like PTSD who are looking to sort of, you know, resolve horrific sort of things that they've seen through to just absolute sort of people who are way out there who are, you know, tinfoil hat reading corn circles kind of stuff. And so, yeah, you get this real spectrum of, of people. And I think some of these voices, I think as, as with any kind of community, whether it's, you know, like, you know, like political communities, another good example of it, the, the weirder voices tend to get amplified. And so that's what I was trying to do. I'm, I'm trying to sort of like be this kind of middle ground where it's like, okay, I get what you're saying about these transcendent experiences because I've just had the same thing. But I've got to be able to take that experience and do something useful with it. If I'm just stood there staring at the wall, thinking that, you know, the wallpaper's talking to me about God, then that's a useless experience in my opinion. I've, I've got to be able to do something with it here and since, likewise, likewise with the science, the science is very good at telling you about like, you know, the biology and the, and the chemistry of things. But what does that tell me about my human experience? You know, it's, it, and so this is what, I, what I'm trying to do is just boil it down to something I can use. But on these, on these retreats in these psychedelic communities, yeah, you get everybody. So, and it, they, they come from all kind of walks of life. So you will get the people like you described who, will take what they get from these experiences and just apply it literally. So if they have seen themselves as God or as the Messiah or a superhuman, they will think, well, yeah, I'm, I'm God. I'm, 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 I'm superhuman. I've got superpowers. I can, you know, I'm actually, you're imaginary. I'm just imagining you. You are a manifestation of my imagination. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't find that kind of viewpoint particularly useful at all. Um, so yeah, you, you get some get some very strange characters. I've come across, you know, shaman who claim they can sort of they can fly, you know, people who who will say they can sort of you know cure any any disease, or people who say that you know they were they can cure cancer or things like this. I'm very wary of those kind of claims. I do think there is great potential in these in these substances, particularly for like you know psychological trauma, like like the PTSD situation I mentioned before. But I don't believe that the magic and you know magical bullets actually you know cure cancer and sort of allow people to fly through the air. Yeah, and I think if if there's too much of that magical bliss, I think it kind of turns off a lot of people who would actually probably like be very like helped with uh, taking these kind of psychedelics as medicine almost, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, this is one of my kind of bugbears with it is that the the effects of these things are amazing i mean just in themselves they are amazing uh, you can have an experience which is amazing so like do we really need to say it like you know will cure cancer or something it, it's it's kind of almost putting a kind of a juvenile expectation on it that it can do anything and that's that those kind of claims will fall over you know if someone says they can fly when they drink ayahuasca and you say well okay let, let's let's see this then you just start making us the, the community look silly and, and it starts taking away from the actual potential within ayahuasca because or, or any other psychedelic which i think is just is is, is limitless really yeah and uh yeah well, actually one thing i want to add to that too is like uh, taking these substances i noticed like because i've been doing ayahuasca maybe about um five six years and i think when i first started like it was amazing experiences that did help me in my life but it did kind of almost build my ego a little bit because I started kind of identifying with the guy who's done ayahuasca because I was the only guy mm. in my friend group who did that. So you're kind of building this new ego around this new identity. And uh, 
yeah, it took me a few years and a little bit more ayahuasca trips to kind of shed that part of me too. But uh, there are kind of, yeah, there are kind of like a little bit of a, maybe you can call it dangerous, whatever it is. But like you take these substances, you can identify with stuff. And like if you're identifying with being gone and stuff there, I think there is some dangers there. That's not a good thing. Yeah, there's definitely some some traps there in particular in that one. And, it, and it's such a, it is such a tricky thing because when you have one of these experiences, particularly, you know, like very transcendent sort of, you know, ego death experiences, there is a tendency to sort of come back from it and start, you know, basically evangelizing about it or sort of raving about it. And then people, you don't realize necessarily how out there you are sounding with it. So in a sort of, in a, almost in a quest to like improve yourself and make yourself sort of better and more open, you can very easily end up distancing yourself. So it's a very tricky balancing act between sort of this kind of exploration and self-improvement and just keeping your feet on the ground. And I think that's, that, I think that's why it's important to have these voices of, of like, you know, boots on the ground, that these, these things can be amazing, but you've got to be able to integrate it back into something that this, you know, this I can use within this instance of a human being because, yeah, all, it, it's all very well, you know, thinking that you're thinking that you're God or whatever. But, and again, you know, I, and I don't necessarily disagree with those kind of concepts entirely. There's something in there about that we are all one, you know, we are all sort of the universe experiencing itself and all that, which is a very beautiful concept. But if that just sort of equals that you end up feeling disconnected from your loved ones or just, you know, stirring into space or, not looking after yourself and sort of neglecting your human experience, then it's not served any purpose, in my opinion. You've got to, you've really got to bring it back. And I've, I've had the same kind of struggles as what you're talking about, where, you know, it's, because, I mean, it, it's just fantastic. I mean, you, you have one of the experiences, you're like, what the, what do I do with this? It's, <laughs> like, how do I talk, you know, and I've got, you know, I've just been talking with like the, a pantheon of gods and now I've got to go to work on Monday. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, so it is tricky it's, uh but yeah I, i'm kind of i'm quite lucky in that um my sort of my wife and uh my sort of immediate family are all like very uh, sort of on on the same page in terms of stuff that i do so there's no there's never really been any, any kind of like secrets in our family what i do and that's really allowed me to sort of talk about it and keep things you know boots on the ground yeah i i know i uh that will help out a ton and um you actually i did watch a video of yours on youtube and i hope everyone checks out your channel man because it's a great one i love what you're doing um you i did watch this um, one video and uh, i think you were talking about uh, one of the how you can almost increase perception and it's like maybe this is like a smarter way to talk about psychedelics is like almost expanding awareness expanding um perception but like to be able to just observe your own inner experiences more, like your mm -hmm. inner processes. Meditation does the same thing. Um, it's just a lot longer of a process to do that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. What do you think about that? Like, uh, is this like a healthier way to talk about psychedelics? And like, uh, how can we talk about actually like increasing our awareness to like actually be more aware of our inner processes? Yeah, I think we've. I think the the answer to that is that we it's not just a psychedelic topic. I just think we're very bad as a civilization about talking about uh, these kind of states, even, you know, these kind of, what, what is it that makes us happy? What, what, are, what are our sort of psychological goals? You know, what, I, I, am I okay right now? 
just we, we've you know we talk about like there being like you know a bit of a mental health crisis and that's certainly one aspect of it but i just think we're we're just not very good at um just i don't know i got i struggling to, to find the words but just 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 kind of like talk you know, have talk about what our experience as a human being is i think that's mm-hmm. that's the kind of gist of it and i think psychedelics are, are a sort of a part of that picture i think um are, are, are certainly like a, an antidote to that picture because you can just have this experience which completely takes you out of yourself and that's so useful in for this in this day and age you know i mean i i work a sort of a nine to five job so i'm you know i end up with the same kind of like come friday i've got the same kind of bullshit on my shoulders as everybody else and you're like oh you know just totally in your funk and to, to, to be able to have an experience which just snaps you out of that and like just reminds you of the awesomeness of life and the awesomeness of being a person mm. it's yeah it's crazy valuable and i think you can get that same kind of thing with through i think meditation is also like a super useful tool um but yeah I, I think there's i think this is the kind of the the golden age thing that we're in now where that we we're, we're starting to talk about things like meditation and psychedelics without it being seen as like some kind of woo-woo mm. bullshit and granted there is still an element of of, of woo-woo and sort of you know some weird practitioners of it um but we the the evidence of the benefits is being taken more seriously now and i think that's a, a yeah a super cool thing of the time that we're in at the moment yeah and uh, like you said, like we have, like I think we do have a little bit of a trouble uh, talking about our own human experiences, and like that's one of the reasons, like literature and art, and like especially like sometimes when you go back centuries, you can see like how some people talk about it so much more vividly than you ever hear people in modern day talk about like how humans experience life, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like if I if I went into work tomorrow and they said you know like you know and you had the sort of you know the chit chat kind of thing it says oh you know do you have a good evening if i was said yeah i went out and you know i got drunk with some friends they'd like go yeah you know well done if i came back and said yeah i heard i heard this i heard this amazing piece of poetry and uh, let, let me just, let me just read you a line of this poem and let me let me see if I think. people would be looking at me like i'd lost my mind you know <laughs> and that's and why that's like a perfectly that scene that was so you know it really spoke to me and the colors are so rich and stuff Again, that that conversation just doesn't go across on apart with with, with like you obviously with your inner circle of friends and family it would work, but just in society at large it doesn't work for some reason. And I think this is one of the things where um, for, when I've been in like places like South America where they their culture gets it right because there you could you can say to somebody at like nine, nine o'clock in the morning like how are you doing? You go yeah man I had this crazy transcendent experience last night on on ayahuasca and they go oh wow you tell me about it you know like and and it's just baked into the culture there, so yeah. where you can start talking about these kind of concepts without people thinking you've lost your marbles. No, and that's actually kind of a reason why, like, going down to South America and actually being at a retreat and being in the jungle for, like, a week or two, like, it's such a nice mm-hmm. reset because you, uh, yeah, you start losing so much of the, like, programming, like, the Western culture kind of has in your head and, like... Yeah, you start finding a lot of different aspects of yourself that were just kind of hidden and like are more real. And like you said, it's just more of experiencing life. And yeah, that's uh, that is amazing. Um, Can I ask you then, like, uh, how did you get uh, into this work? Uh, Like how, why, what like motivated you to start the the YouTube channel? And uh, like, what was your experience with psychedelics before that? Yeah, good question, mate. So it's... 
there's the the long version and the short so the long version date goes back like sort of 25 plus years so i first got into psychedelics when i was a teenager in manchester and it was just part of the the scene though you know when i i, I was a teenager in the 90s uh the sort of the rave scene was just exploding around england at the time so let sort of you know the uh, the dance music scene's come out and so yeah there was a lot of lsd and mdma on on the scene and it was just a dumb thing at the time that's that's you know so even as a sort of a teenager i was, I was uh, taking lsd and mdma but never not in the same way i didn't realize the same potential in it that i that i came in later life and then um later on i sort of was in like my late 30s i relocated uh from england in, into sort of mainland europe and I started having uh, just really sort of crippling anxiety attacks from, from nowhere. I was always like, like quite a confident person, so I thought. And then suddenly I, I was, um, yeah, I was just, I was having trouble leaving the house even on some days. So I was, I, I also, I have uh, epilepsy and that was, so the my sort of panic attacks were beginning to trigger my epilepsy. So this was, a really bad combination for me. It's like going into my forties in, in a in a strange country where I didn't speak the language at all at this point. Oh, wow. And so yeah, I started looking for alternative ways of of of, of sort of being able to resolve this because I didn't want to really particularly go down the pharmaceutical route. I didn't want to, you know, ch changing medications is always sort of tricky, and and, and yeah, so yeah. I didn't re really want to go down that route. So yeah, we did a bit of snooping around online and that uh, brought us to uh, finding out about DMT. And so, yeah, cut a long story short, I managed to get hold of some DMT and pretty much overnight, my anxiety levels just dropped. I mean, I, I went from being absolutely convinced I was gonna die um, to kind of, I, I had this, this DMT experience whereby I was kind of shown it's, hey, it's, just don't worry about it. This is, I mean, the, the literal words it said to me was, listen, you're gonna, you came in through that door and you're gonna go out through that door and it's all okay, just don't worry about it. And this this sounds like ridiculously simple, but it just, it completely rewired my brain into how, into how I felt about death. And so I stopped being neurotic about death, which I was, I was, I was like losing my mind over it. And that my anxiety just dropped, so my epilepsy just went back into check, and I was a functioning human being again within like, yeah, within like <laughs> about an hour or two. So I was like, holy shit, there's, and obviously, I'd, and included in all that, I'd had this just bonkers transcendent experience of like distant galaxies and the universal consciousness sort of talking to me, and just, just yeah, when. All, all the, all the sort of the hype around something like DMT of like, you know, you're talking to aliens and or entities and they're there. It, it completely ticked every box. So I was, I was like, right, okay, I have got to get to the bottom of this. I've got to try and see what's going on here. And so yeah, I kind of, from that kind of five minutes of smoke DMT, that's that's what brought me in the direction of ayahuasca. And then just from there, I, I've really come to appreciate that there's a lot of I, I really, I got to the bottom of what was bringing about this, all this anxiety in the first place. And basically I was, I was having some kind of like midlife crisis but brought on by stuff from my childhood. But I don't think I could have mined that out without uh, these, these psychedelics. It really sort of shone a spotlight on things I didn't actually realize there.
yeah so uh yeah that, that was kind of what, what the, the progression that I, the path that i went down and um yeah it, it, that, that's what kind of brought me to it see so then it was when i went on to one of these ayahuasca retreats because um, i wanted to have a longer time within this experience to be able to explore it a bit more fully and it was what one of the when you come out to one of these retreats they give you some tips on um things to do to sort of help you maintain what you've what you've learned on this retreat mm-hmm. and one of them was have a creative outlet and have something whereby you sort of you know a project that you can work on and create so i've taken all these pictures of this retreat and i had an opinion on, on this on whether this retreat was good or bad i thought it was good as i thought okay i'll, I'll make some review videos of this retreat and I'd, I'd been on a few other retreats as well um some which i thought were, were not quite as good so i thought right i'll make a few review videos and i'll put them out there and so that's really how this channel started. And I got sort of a bit of feedback there. And then I just I just carried on making videos, really talking about my experiences. Um, and yeah, it kind of, it, I got more of a, a positive response to what I ever thought I'd get, to be honest. So it was, a, it, it's, it's turned out okay. Nice. All right. Well, that's actually a great way to start it off. A very like an organic way of just like, hey, like, let me make some mm-hmm. review videos. And now all of a sudden you're like, uh, yeah, like now you're like uh, making some just like really, really deep videos that are very well done um can i, oh, thanks, I just want to i just want to mention one video that i loved uh from yours as well um so i i think this was like maybe just a month ago for you but you took five grams of mushrooms yeah you shared like uh an experience which i guess most people would call a bad trip but you were explaining how like maybe this isn't that you shouldn't be seeing this as a bad trip where like you had intense emotions of like abandonment and like loneliness mm-hmm. just come up to your consciousness yep. and you had to go through that. Um, do you maybe want to like just uh, tell my like viewers, just give a little uh, drop into like what this experience was like for you? Yeah, sure. So I'll, I'll have to, I'll have to give, give a bit of sort of backstory to it. And it does sound a little bit morbid, but I assure you, I, I kind of I view all this through a kind of positive light. And so the, the, the anxiety issues that I was talking about earlier and how, I, how I, it was related to stuff from my childhood, it was ba- basically my, my mother committed suicide when I was very young. And this was something I'd kind of, I basically had to sort of like, you know, choke down and sort of build my life back around just to sort of, you know, to, to get through sort of being a kid and to being, a, being an adult. And when I sort of came to the approach in like 40, this all just came tumbling down and led to this, this anxiety I was talking about. So when I'd had been in doing these retreats in Peru, um, I knew what I was facing. I knew that's, that, you know, there was, I was potentially, this was not going to be sunshine and rainbows. That at some point I was going to have to face this kind of shadow of my mother's suicide. And yeah, sure enough, I, a few of those kind of occasions came up in Peru and you kind of, particularly with ayahuasca, you, you, you learn quickly that it's, you, you you get what you need, not necessarily what you, what you, what you want, and yeah. that can often be a very difficult. You know, ayahuasca is notorious for sometimes being a very difficult experience, like almost hellish sometimes. And I'd certainly had those experiences. So then, yeah, so I, when I did this this mushroom trip uh, about a month ago now, um, mushrooms for me had always been uh, very sort of very fun, very sort of cosmic, sort of like a. Um, a, a lot more there's definitely some some kind of mischief there but never really it's gone off in this on this dark tangent but yeah when i, I took this this uh this dose of mushrooms and it just th- these kind of like emotional firewalls that i'd had in place to sort of between me as an adult and me as this child who just lost its mother just came tumbling down 
And I was just hit with like a fire hydrant of raw, like, like emotion just, just in my face. And yeah, like I, I was feeling like abandonment, loneliness, like the anger of a child. Like, have you ever seen like, you know, like a child just go bananas in the supermarket, you know, it's just on the floor and just smashing its hands and like, rah, 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 and the parents are just like, like, what do I do with this kid? Like, and everyone's, everyone's looking. And, or, you know, so, so that, that kind of anger from a child having a tantrum, that was coming out at me. And similarly, like, if you've ever seen, like, a kid, like, get lost or something, like, on, if you're on a beach and you see a kid who's lost its, like, parents, and, it, and they just kind of slump down and they just kind of, like, defeated and they don't know what to do because they've not got, quite got the framework in place to, like, ask strangers, like, where's, can you help me find my mum and stuff? Just all this kind of stuff was hitting me, and I was, yeah, completely unprepared for it. But even though it was possibly one of the most unpleasant experiences of my life to be feeling all this, it, it, I view it as an immensely positive experience because I needed this. There, there's a, you can sort of imagine, you know, like if, if someone's very emotionally blocked and very, you know, they've been sort of keeping them stuff stewed up in themselves for a while. And you see this on movies all the time. You just get to a point where people just go, Rah! you know, and just, and you, and you recognize that, that in a movie as like, as somebody just, just having that release that they need to release. It's an emotional outburst. Yeah. And that's what this was for me. It was all that emotion from a four-year-old kid who didn't have the knowledge or the framework or, the, or, or anything to be able to do this, just bottled up for like 30, 38 years. And then here I am at 42 and it just poured out and it like amplified through the ages. And it was intense and also, but man, in the morning, I just felt amazing. Like it was like, <laughs> I, I, it was just, yeah, a true burden lifted off my shoulders. And yeah, I, I think I think it's possibly one of those things where it's, maybe you need to have done psychedelics to appreciate it, because it might sound like a bit of a, <laughs> a crazy thing to say, but I think perhaps one way to frame it were like people who hadn't used psychedelics to understand it would be like, with like soldiers and PTSD, you know, every, you know, everyone can appreciate that a soldier is going, you know, experienced all this kind of horror of war and they come back sort of shell-shocked. And if they could just like get it out, then they could be go back to being normal again, but they can't. They've, they've lost that faculty to get it out. And I think that's what happened to me as a kid. I just, yeah, what do I do with this? Like, like where's my mother? Where, where's the person I want to give love to? Where's the person who's going to look after me? Like, and yeah, you, you, there's nothing you could really say to that kid apart from, dude, you got to just just get through this, you know. Or at least that, maybe yeah, maybe these days there's a bit more uh, a better structure point. But back in the 70s when I was growing up, it was like, yeah, dude, pull pull your socks up and get on with it. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> no, that's our like honestly, I think that's a lot of our culture, uh, especially for men, is like holding your emotions. So when you have like a traumatic event happen, and you don't have that emotional outlet it just keeps building and like yeah it can lead to just so many like just uh, rough uh, it's just not good for you it can lead to like i don't know maybe possibly illness or maybe possible like just mentally just not being uh fit like it that uh, it seems like a big yeah. problem so uh, you did like so you said you got rid of all this emotion and um like did you notice like now that you're over a month like past it like did you notice like are you like 
maybe more in touch with your emotions or you, uh, your ability to like let go of your emotions, all that stuff? Have you seen a change in it at all? Uh, I would say, uh, honestly, no, because I don't, I, I think this was like the tip of the iceberg. Okay. Um, uh, the, the way I'm sort of viewing this, it was, it was a window that I was looking through to this thing. I think there's a lot more there for me to do. I mean, obviously it's a very, um, the loss of appearance is a very kind of, you know, complex thing. I, I wouldn't expect that to be sort of solved in, in kind of one night. Um, so I am expecting that this is going to be something that crops up again in future experiences. And I'm not going to shy away from that. I'm certainly, I, I don't want to give the impression that I'm kind of, you know, masochistic and that I'm going looking for this, you know, these kind of painful experiences. I'd much rather have, you know, the, the nice one. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the exploding galaxies and nebulas and, and all that sort of stuff. But I sort of, yeah, I, I recognize that it's, um, it's something that, I, that I, I, need, I need to do because I think one of the main things that, that that's bothered me within my kind of adult life is I've recognized this kind of emotional blockage and it's, it's come up particularly, you know, like if, a, if I have like a, a family member who's passed away, say like, like my grandmother or something like that, you know, I, love my, I absolutely love my grandmother. She looked, she looked after me when my mother died. And then when she passed away, I couldn't do anything. I was, and I felt like I owed her some kind of emotional outpouring, you know, and same, even, you know, even at some kind of like joyous events where, you know, a bit of like christenings for like, you know, nieces and nephews. And I'm just so emotionally blocked that, yeah, I think it's going to take a while to chip through all that. I don't think that's going to realistically happen in one night. So I'm looking forward to um, sort of doing some more work there. And I'm, yeah, I'm hoping that at some point I'll, I'll be able to sort of connect more with that part of myself. And uh, cause it does, I think the, it, it can make you feel quite alien, quite distant from, from people when you, when you don't have that sort of emotional uh, connection with them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I think it's, yeah, I've, I've probably got a few more rough nights ahead to be honest, I think. Yeah, hey man, uh, I can uh, understand that. And like like you said, the tip of the iceberg, sometimes, yeah, I bet like with your experience, you're gonna have to kind of get through a couple more of those. But um, so when you're going through a bad trip like that, um, when you were like did you like resist it at all when like uh, are you kind of like because i know like whenever i have bad feelings like i know or like those bad trips yeah i know a part of me is like hey like don't resist because i know that's what you're kind of taught like uh, in a psychedelic way let the emotion come up observe the emotion try not to like you know like uh try to attach it to it mentally at all at all like were you resisting or how how, how did it get uh, go with you I would say that one I wasn't. I've certainly, I've had to learn that lesson the hard way. Um, that one, it was, it was kind of, it was, it was, you know, there's always a little bit of anxiety when you're coming up on these kind of experiences or, you know, maybe a little bit of discomfort, particularly something like ayahuasca, you can get this quite heavy body load. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, it passes and sort of it moves on. And this one, it wasn't passing, it was escalating. And, so yeah, I, I kind of remembered the stuff I've learned, like what you just talked about, like, yeah, just just let it happen. Just, you know, perhaps this is what this is, needs to happen. Don't fight it. Because I've had some experiences in the past, uh, particularly some when I was with ayahuasca, where I have fought it tooth and claw. And <laughs> it just made the night into an absolute nightmare. I, I've had some of the worst nights of my life just from 
yeah, trying to, because I'm such a control freak as well. That's that's my thing. So I'll be, I'll be sitting like doing this like ridiculous heavy breathing, like <laughs> like curled up all fetal, like sort of doing anything <laughs> to try and try and stay, away, you know, yeah. yeah, and just made the night awful. So yeah, I, it's it's a tricky thing to learn this kind of act of surrender. Uh, I think I've, I've I've certainly managed it the other night, but it took yeah it took some doing to uh, to, to teach me, but. It's a, it's a tough. I remember when people, you know, when when this, someone who comes to you says, "Can you give me any advice for psychedelics?" and you say, "Yeah, just just surrender, go with it." Like, ha, ha, what does that mean? How yeah. do you? <laughs> no, I, I I bet that's like a, it's a tough piece of advice because like even that whole act of surrendering, it's like the same with meditation. It's like they say an act of acceptance, like whatever comes up, whatever thought, just accept it. Like you don't really, you can't really conceptualize that like are you yeah. can't, it's more of an spiritual or experiential knowledge to like be able to be like oh, okay so this is surrendering this is acceptance kind of thing so yeah no. No, i can understand that being tough and like oh yeah i've been down that resisting mode man when you're in a bad trip and like you just like you're trying to push that pain or whatever is coming up away and it's not uh it's not good that's why like whatever uh like people ask me advice for psychedelics i just say um focus on your breath like uh before you go in there do some like mindful breathing like one the best thing uh if it's going into a rough spot is try to bring your attention back to your breath and like uh that's my only advice because like i said yeah surrender it's a tough thing to tell somebody because they're going to completely lose that when they're in a bad trip <laughs> yeah what i always say to people is that if, if you're going to do psychedelics particularly these like really strong ones like like ayahuasca or high dose mushrooms then you kind of you've got to make an agreement with yourself and that is you're either in for the best night of your life the worst night of your life something in between or nothing at all and if you can't make peace with all four of those outcomes, don't do it. So you can't, if you could just go into it just looking for the best night, yeah, that might not be what's gonna happen. So you make sure that you fully accept, like, cause I've had nights where I've, I've drank sort of like many cups of ayahuasca and been completely sober. And I'm like, what, you know, what the fuck? Oh, really? So you, you, you just have to be, you have to be sometimes like prepared just for whatever happens, this is it. And I just accept the experience for what it is. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm going to trust in myself and I'm going to trust in the medicine. And yeah, let's see where this goes. Mm -hmm. No, that's uh, that's pretty impressive. Uh, so now that, uh, you've done like, so a lot of ayahuasca, I guess, and like some mushroom experiences, like with high doses. So like for me, my mushroom experiences have always been like maybe two and a half grams, three grams, go into the forest with my friends and just have like a nice, you know, a nice time in nature. And like, uh, I like those, but I, I think it's like a completely different uh, scenery when you are a different experience when you do five grams and stay at home and like, you know, actually like really see where it takes you kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, so when you do take those high gra doses of mushrooms, like, and then you take, like, can you compare that to ayahuasca? Is there comparables? Like, I know it's hard to describe uh, the experiences, but um, do you notice any differences at all or similarities? Yeah, I, th I think the, the, the parallels become kind of quite obvious. It, it, there's, a, there's a characteristic to these kind of tryptamine spaces of, of DMT through sort of ayahuasca through um, psilocybin. And what I've certainly found with since since doing since having one of these like very high doses is that it makes um subsequent experiences first of all seem easier to get into that kind of space mm. 
and also that the, the parallels become much more apparent. So the, the, the mushroom trip I just talked about, um, if, if someone had told me actually you didn't take mushrooms, you actually just took ayahuasca, I would have believed them. It was so similar to that kind of ayahuasca headspace of, yeah, you need to experience this. And as I said, previous to that, sort of mushrooms had always been kind of quite cheeky, quite sci-fi, quite cosmic sort of thing. And so this was a completely different ball game to what I was used to. And I do attribute that to the kind of the, the work I'd done with ayahuasca in the meantime is that it was, it had kind of, I don't know, maybe put me in a different headspace or a different set of expectations. But uh, yeah, it, the parallels between them are sort of very similar. It, it all, you know, this kind of like DMT world, I'd say goes across the, uh, all these different medicines, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So I still haven't done DMT, so I guess that's all on my list for one day. Uh, it's bananas, mate. Absolutely bananas. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I'm like, honestly, you're the first person though I've uh, heard who uh, tried DMT and um, came back with a uh, more of like a therapeutic uh, benefit to it, where like you said, you came back and it really your anxiety was like lessened quite a bit. I've never, uh, yeah, I've never heard that take from people who do DMT. They, it just seems like an, a, a crazy, amazing experience they have that lasts only 10 minutes because it's such a concentrated mm-hmm. thing. And then um, it seems like it's something that it, like a lot of people have trouble like taking anything from it. Yeah, I think that the thing, what I found with, with DMT, it's very, um, you certainly do, the, the stories that you hear about the kind of like, the, you know, the, the roller coaster it being very quick are, are, are certainly true. But um, you do have these very cosmic experiences. It, it's what the, the way I kind of sliced it up is that you know something like ayahuasca is very earthy and you feel very connected to nature and very sort of grounded, very here. DMT is very sort of out there and it's it's like it's almost like the story of of the universe. It's kind of very sort of cosmic. Again, these sort of alien archetypes appear and they really do appear. You do really get this X Files alien type stuff going on. It's bananas. And, but it, I think the thing for me was it just painted this picture of the, the universe is, is bigger than, than, than Rob freaking out. You know, Rob freaking out is just a tiny little part of this beautiful, immense tapestry, which is going to go on when Rob is dust. So dude, just don't worry about it. And it was it was almost done as like a throwaway comment to me, like like so this coming through that door, you're gonna go through that door. Don't worry about it, dude. But yeah. for me, it was it was just a life changer. And it's I think this is one of the cool things, just like this. It's always for me anyway. It's always these very simple statements that mean the most. You know, it's like, you know, it's it's like you see yourself and you say, you know, like dude, I love you. You know, I love myself. It's like, yeah, thanks, man. I really needed to hear that. <laughs> you know. It, such a simple thing you know it's it's not it's not necessarily people giving you the secrets of the of the galaxy it's these simple things like wow you know i i should i should spend more time with my friends i should you know i should try and be the best parent that i can be you know well i should stop letting all this stuff weigh me down it's very simple and that's the beauty within these things i think is it just cuts through the bullshit of like work sucks over I wish I had I wish I had a better car, you know, all these and it's like, wow, just the fucking trees are amazing. That's <laughs> you know? oh, true. Um, actually like my first ayahuasca retreat that was uh like that simple thing was kind of one of the things that like really cha- gave gave a profound change in my life and it was just me realizing like 
wow, I'm so fucking lucky. Like, I'm just really <laughs> lucky. Like, my, I have so many, like, people in my life that help me, blah, blah, blah. But it was just like, I'm a lucky person. Like, so many other people have, like, such harder life's lives than me, and I'm never grateful. And it was just like, that was just a complete change in my perspective to, like, be more grateful in life. And it changed just how I live my life ever since then and uh that's one thing now whenever i do ayahuasca a lot of times that gratefulness kind of keeps coming yeah. back up and deepening and deepening and like uh yeah it's uh it's uh yeah i fucking love it <laughs> yeah yeah same mate. i think i think the gratitude that comes in i think that that is really one of the, the beautiful things so when you you can have all, all these you know experiences but usually when i'm as it's kind of the night's winding down just as you described just immense feelings of gratitude like like you know thank you thank you for this gift of life and thank you for that thank you to my wife and thanks to my kids and thank you to these people who let me experience their culture as i flew around the world on a metal tube to yeah, like, well, this is amazing this is such a gift so uh yeah i think that that gratitude is part of this this thing which i want to talk about it really can help ground us and, and just sort of be useful to remember that gratitude as part of our sort of human experience. Hell yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, yes, I've been doing this uh, podcast for a little while now. And uh, so I do promote a lot of psychedelics on here. Um, I, I've talked about my ayahuasca experiences a bunch. And I talk to people like you who are uh, promoting psychedelics in different ways. Um, and one thing, though, that you did that I uh, I haven't done yet is like you kind of like gave a little bit of a warning that like if you are going on these like ayahuasca retreats or any kind of psychedelic retreats like it's not all good like there are some people who are like actual charlatans and uh, you did an amazing video on this um this ayahuasca retreat called inner mastery i guess they're pretty mm -hmm. big over in europe and uh, yep. you almost called them a cult for the most part right so uh i was just like i this is something i never talked about because i do like uh, I do say, like, I promote ayahuasca on my show, uh, on my podcast a lot, but I never really tell people, like, be careful. So I think it's something I really want to uh, bring up. Like, uh, so maybe you can maybe give our, my audience a little insight into, like, what you found out with Inner Mastery and maybe give them a, an idea of, like, a smart way to go about finding an ayahuasca retreat. Yeah, sure. So, so Inner Mastery are sort of a, an organization based in Europe, and they've They've gone by like sort of quite a lot of different names. They used to call themselves Ayahuasca International, then they changed it to Ayahuasca English and School of Ayahuasca, and they, they keep changing that sort of name. And it's because they've got this very bad reputation. But I didn't know this at first. We it was one of the first retreats that me and my wife went on. So we signed up for one of their retreats in Europe, and we, we went down there. I uh, did a weekend. We did two Ayahuasca ceremonies, and it was we got there, and it was it's kind of like the sort of franchise fast food of, of ayahuasca, they, they're just recruiting sort of very well-meaning but quite sort of naive and inexperienced sort of people who want to work with ayahuasca. And they'll say, right, okay, here, here go and set up a, a, a workshop and we'll, we'll send you some ayahuasca and you just, you know, get as many people as you can into this, into this, into this retreat and, yeah, just see what happens, basically. So... We got there. It was very, it was very poorly organised. There was like forty of us in one room. I think there was like three facilitators. They were handing out, you know, it was kind of absolutely wall to wall. Uh, they were just hand, they didn't have sort of like 
fixed buckets for people to throw up in. They just had they've given out people like freezer bags, which is just a you know bags of puke. Um, so yeah, I I, I kind of did did the retreat. They also when it came to like the group sharing aspect, they tried some very sketchy techniques on my wife, which I didn't appreciate at the time. They sort of do a sort of wanting her to sit, sort of legs akimbo, and talking about, um, yeah, basically talking about how she'd um, had, you know, it had sexual abuse as a child while she sat there with like legs akimbo. And we, we, we were kind of, didn't know what to make of all this. There's a lot of like sort of group pressure to go along with it. It was a very yeah, weird atmosphere. The other thing, group pressure, yeah. Yeah, so we came out of it, and I just basically I did one of my review videos. I said, yeah, didn't like it for all these reasons, but that's that. I'm a, I'm a disgruntled customer. I'm not going back. Don't recommend. And out of all my videos, that was the one that first really started taking off, and people were just getting in touch with me from all over the place saying, oh, I had, I've had even worse experience, and I was, you know, I was people talking about being like sexually abused on these retreats, and people talking about being just like given ridiculous, dangerous combinations of of, of substances. And it just kind of escalated over time where so many people were getting in touch with me that I thought I I felt obligated to give these people a voice because there was there was something going on there. And some of these stories were so horrific that I thought, okay, I don't want to be the person who's bitching about some company that I didn't particularly have a good experience with. But I couldn't not say anything about some of these things they, they, they were some of these stories were absolutely terrible so I, it ended up with I, I had people who were like for sort of whistleblowers from within the organization getting in touch with me talking about how like them and the partners have been gone, gone through a sort of disconnection policy very similar to what you hear about Scientology with like sort of couples being split up and families being sort of separated because you're, you're basically you're joining this place it's a job but it's also kind of like a way of life and um, they get you to sort of work for work for the organization. So again, a lot of parallels to Scientology there. You basically, it, it really does become sort of like a, a cult mentality. They want, you know, you're working for them from like eight, eight in the morning till sort of like, you know, three, three o'clock in, in, morning, in the morning. So like doing administration during the day, then running these retreats at night, um, not getting paid for it. I say they can, you know, you're at the whims of the sort of the, like the leadership, just Absolutely, yeah, just really bizarre stories, like I say. And I mean, yeah, I, I, I thought, okay, this is something that I need to put this information out there so people don't make the same mistake that I made. And yeah, so I, I've, I've made a few videos about them. I think they're a very strange organization. They did some, they got some weird ideas around like promoting themselves. Like they just recently did a video, this, this like I, where the, the sort of the spiritual leader of Inner Mastery proclaimed that, you know, he created coronavirus and he, it was all him. And granted, he's doing like an analogy, but it's just a weird video. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I've, it's, it's one, one thing I've kind of done a bit on my channel, is just, just kind of calling out these kind of um, what I consider to be sort of to be bullshit. Um, just putting the, the sort of, the, you know, the information out there as, a, as, a, as it's reported to me. So when it, when things like with a in master being a cult, that's how that's how the the ex members are describing it to me. Um, so you know I've got guys who, who work there. They come to me and say, yeah, this is a cult. They're asking us for like complete obedience. Uh, they sort of getting us you know high on ayahuasca. 
they sort of there's the sexual abuse going on in there. They're trying to split us up. So I'm like, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna voice that for them. Yeah. So yeah, um, in terms of sort of what advice I would give to people to sort of how to, to pick um, places. It's tricky. Um, and I, and I, I want to tr try and be balanced here because on the one hand, the last thing I want to do is try and paint uh, sort of like the ayahuasca community or like, you know, all, all the shamans. Like this is some kind of like ultra predatory thing to be wary of. Oh, but I as with anything, like, yeah. yeah, but there are some bad actors out there. Same with anything. And I think we're saying, you know, you could go to a psychiatrist and you could get the best psychiatrist in the world or you could get Hannibal Lecter. You know, it's so, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I think the best advice I can give when choosing retreats is just uh, look online. There's sites called uh, IA Advisors or uh, um, um, I think, I can't remember what the other one's called. Uh, but I think IA Advisors is, is, is the best one where people are giving like very sort of Yelp-like reviews of retreats they've been on. And you can sort of very easily filter them by which are the sort of the good places and which are the bad places. And some, you know, that was one of the, the things that I did when I was picking my retreats, particularly in South America. I thought, okay, if I'm going to go all this distance and I'm going to invest all this money and, and sort of, then, yeah, I'm, I'm going to pick like the most one of the most popular centers. I'll, I'll pick the one that seems to align most with me, with, with what I want to do. But mm -hmm. I certainly, uh, uh, I think there's, there is a definite safety in just going with what's popular, I would say. Um, it's tricky because then people worry about it being an authentic experience and, you know, whether is, is that then just sort of some Westerner who set up a, a retreat and sort of is, is sort of capitalizing on, on these things? Quite possibly, but it's a good way of finding your feet. And then if you want to sort of, you know, learn Spanish or sort of go deeper into the jungle, then I would say that's something you do on subsequent retreats. But the first time, particularly going to something like South America, go with what's been tried and tested by other people. And, yeah. and uh, if you do like uh, one thing that I did when I was uh, starting down, like I always knew somebody who went to that retreat before I got yeah. lucky in that sense. So like, I know that's not going to be the same thing for everybody but if you do know somebody you can go and find these places and i went to a little bit of smaller places but like yeah you find like a lot of these shamans like if you get a good shaman or and good guides like these are people who are just uh they just understand the medicine very well and they just want to make you feel safe and guide you through the journey and that's like you if you get like somebody like that and the other thing i would add into that is like 40 people that's way too many people for a sitting in my opinion like uh i've done them 20 max and that's usually with like three or four facilitators for 20 people so if if yeah if people are saying like there's going to be 40 people i've even heard it up to 80 people out for once like retreat or just like you know what i'm saying like you that 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 seems just foolish in my opinion <laughs> Yeah, apparently there's different styles of, of retreats. I, I have heard of a style of what they do in, I think it's Brazil, where they have like, I've got some friends who go on these retreats where it's like 100 people, um, big outdoor sort of dancing around bonfires all, all night. And it's sort of, it's, it's a lot more kind of happy clappy sounding, um, but there's a lot of dancing. Uh, the ayahuasca is, you drink, I think about like seven cups, but it's a lot weaker, but it's a kind of, it's, it's a, so, so I think there are different, yeah, different sort of, different, yeah. yeah, there's there's different ways of doing ceremony. I've got to say that doesn't sound like my cup of tea at all. 
I'm much more, I, I like a, a, a small group. I, I've, I've been on groups where it's just been like four people and that was perfect. But uh, I, the most I've been on is like, well, apart from the inner master thing where there was 40 of us, but I've been on ones where there was like 25 and that was, yeah, getting a little bit on the big scale. Mm-hmm. I would say, I would, I would, for me personally, just I think the sweet spot is, I would say like maximum 16-ish. But yeah, I, I fully appreciate that there are different styles of ceremony where they have different things. And I think as long as the, as long as the people who are running it can run those numbers and they've got and they are prepared for those numbers. It's not just that they're trying to ram people in to make money. It's that that's what they've prepared for, and they've got the facilitators there for it, and the facilities there for it. You know, the bathrooms and stuff. I think that's fine. But I think just sticking as many people as possible into one room. Yeah, obviously that's going to be a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, all right, man. Let me. Uh, we're coming close to the end here, so I have to ask the question. It's the name of the podcast. So, Rob, God, yay or nay? Well, I'm going to have to put a lot of caveats in here, mate. But I would have to say, uh, overall, yay. Not what I would have said 10 years ago. But I would, I would put, a, put some kind of caveats in there. Uh, in that I would say, you know, God, I don't tend to think of it. I certainly don't think of it in the kind of classical religious sense. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking of like God as, you know, this, this kind of, there is a, a higher power. or there, there is something you know, that I aspire to, something that I want to have, that I want to sort of guide myself to. And you could call that, you know, I could call that my goals. I could call it my objectives. I could call it God. So I, you know, the thing which I want to be aligned towards, the thing which is, which sort of the best version of me possible, that sort of spirit of humanity that, you know, the sort of the, the, the thing which gives me sort of hope for the future, if we, if we could, you, you could call that God. It's, again, it's not the classical God, so I would have to say yay. All right. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, all right. So uh, before we end, uh, so what do you think your uh, next psychedelic you're going to try is and how long do you think you're going to wait? Yeah, it's probably going to be this weekend. Uh, and I'm nice. probably going to, I'm probably going to uh, try for the, try with the mushrooms again and, uh, and see where that goes. Are you going to do a big, uh, are you going to do like five grams, you think? Yeah, to, to be honest, I don't do five grams um, because I'm particularly trying to do anything like super heroic. It's um, it just happens to be that's that's my kind of dose, um, and that's that's actually a source of frustration for me. I'd much rather be able to, to to get those kind of effects off off lower amounts. But yeah, five five grams for me is just is just the amount that gets me deep enough to do what I want to do. Um, so yeah, I got probably at, at least five grams. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, uh, thank you so much. So, uh, guys, check out Rob's uh, YouTube uh, channel, Adeptus Psychonautica, and uh, I'll put that in the bio so everyone can uh, click through. And uh, please subscribe. Check out his videos. Uh, anything else you want to promote, or anything else you want to say? Uh, no, man. I just, I just say uh, it's been awesome talking. I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for the opportunity. Hey, buddy, uh, let's do it again someday in the future. Yeah, definitely. Hey, everybody, that was this week's episode. Thank you so much uh, for listening. I appreciate the support. The best way you can uh, support this podcast is by going on to Apple or iTunes and rating this podcast. Um, If you give it a good rating and leave a nice comment, honestly, that's the best way to do it. 
uh, please check me out on Instagram or uh, YouTube under Newer Kid Why. I'm constantly going to be sharing clips of this podcast and also uh, telling you when new episodes are out and sharing a little bit of my comedy. So thank you so much uh, and uh, tune in to another episode next time on God, yay or nay.